says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. Joining me the preview, I believe, round 16 of the NRL New South Wales Cup and Jersey Flag is my good mate, 60s, going back to back to back. I know that in terms of the actual release, the podcast have been staggered across a few days, but in terms of recording, it's been the uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, triple header, mate. This is what happens with these five-day turnarounds. We've got three, well... Truthfully, four podcasts that we're squeezing in because we'll have a match day instant reaction podcast mm-hmm. at Parramatta Leagues Club this Saturday. And uh, just to repeat, kicking off about half hour after full time in up in Jack's Bar and Grill. So do come up, say good day, have a feed, and something to drink, and a, a bit of footy talk in the background with us. And uh, and as I always say, we appreciate people coming up and saying good day and introducing themselves. So if you're one of our listeners and you're in there in Jack's Bar and Grill yet and you haven't said good day to us yet, please come up and, and uh, say hello. We uh, always enjoy meeting new people. Well said, mate. And before we get into the previews for the free games on the weekend, quick shout out to the sponsors of the tip sheet, Big Swing Golf, North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellon and Parramatta, helping each episode get out to you guys. Let's get into it, mate. Starting with the Jersey Flag where the Eels enter the round, for what is correct, in eighth spot, still clinging to a top eight spot there, taking on the bottom place, so the 12th place, Manly Seagulls. Manly have just four wins from 13 starts. Eels not that much better, by the way. Five wins from their 13 games. They're in a real funk right now. Getting into the team list, though, a couple of changes for the Eels, a couple of big ins. Start at fullback, you've got Ethan Martin, new boy up from Redcliffe, who um, has got a couple of caps now. On the flanks, it's Matthew Comalafe and Richard Penasini. In the centres, Terrell Williams and Lachlan Blackburn, sorry. Uh, Te Nui Apanui Twaito, or Apa Twaito, uh, is at 5'8". Joshua Lin is back, so I'm not sure if that was an injury or suspension 60s, but he's back after a game out. Nice in there. Another nice in is Noah Reed in the front row, who partners big Lance for Lima. Paddy Spence gets his first start in the jersey flag after playing off the bench for a couple of weeks. He'll be the lone dummy half, it looks like, unless Damian Nati might be using that role. In the back row, you've got Charlie Geimer making his 2023 flag debut. He did play there last year. For, uh, you mentioned in the uh, news podcast, 60s, that he's finally got a clean bill of health after that SG ball grand final. Uh, he'll be on the edges with William Latu on the other side. Saxon Pryke locks the forward pack on the interchange. Already mentioned him, but Damian Nati is a utility. Sam Torvati, Brock Parker, another big in. I'm expecting Brock to move up to the cup pretty quickly if he gets a clean bill of health after this game, 60s. And uh, Larry Moanga Tutia. Rounding out the 17, Mac Pofisi is the 18th man. Uh, taking on this Manly team, uh, they've got a Hopawadi. Uh, there is, who else? There's a Metcalf. Uh, there's Kylan Mafoa. That's a former Parramatta prospect right there. Um, hmm, I think that's about it off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, both teams not doing too flash. Uh, the Eels haven't been that far off the pace, honestly, 60s. Uh, but they just need to pull it all together now. Yeah, it's... Interesting because they've gone through this period where I guess they've also come up against some teams that have been in reasonable form and the Eels have probably shot themselves in the foot mm. in a couple of games. Definitely. No doubt about that. There's, there's The Melbourne Storm game, for sure. Oh, the Melbourne Storm game. That was 
yeah, I'd rather not think back to that one because, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was. Look, it was a game of two halves. Um, Parramatta had it completed better in the first half. They wouldn't have been in the position where the Storm were able to get a, a late win with a, a try with a, uh, about a couple of minutes to go that sealed the win for them or actually stole the win for them. Um, and look, there's still there's still significant outs. We don't know whether Ethan Sanders is when he returns is going to go into the Jersey flag or whether he's going to go straight up into the New South Wales wow. Cup. Uh, we've got uh, Buds Arthur who will come back into the team now, whether he goes into a starting position or comes off the bench, but he'll be back in the next match. Uh, we uh, And I'm expecting Ethan Sanders to be very close to being the next match. We're still about a month or so away from seeing Blaze Talungi return mm-hmm. to the field. So, um, yeah, it's it's really that point where um, uh, Coach Craig Brennan is trying to get that right blend of the SG ball players that have been elevated into the squad. And we're now in that situation where there's, well, we've got eight that are in the team this week. Eight of the eight of the seventeen are from the SG Ball team, and when you consider that there's uh, two players in Ethan Sanders and Matty Arthur who have already played in the team, that's ten of the players. Now, am I missing anyone else that's had a run that's not named at the moment that w- was playing in the SG Ball team? I have to have a quick to... gander because off the top of my head, I think you're pretty close to spot on. Um, we haven't seen, uh, yeah, so Devonto Vivella and, uh, Muhammad al haven't come up. Um, Dom Destratus hasn't come up yet. Uh, Seb Piacula, Will Lewis, Raph Destratus, Kobe Herford, none of them have come up. So I think you're, you're about spot on. Yeah. So that's, I mean, if we're talking 10 players at the moment from that SG ball team who have been getting a run now in the Jersey flag team and, and potentially 10, all 10. Uh, well, no, we, it, it may not happen, but I, I guess it is potentially all 10 could be running around in the team uh, next week. But um, I, I think it's more likely that you're going to see Ethan Sanders maybe selected in New South Wales cup mm-hmm. uh, or, or if he was to come back into Jersey flag, Maybe it'll be a scenario where um, it'll be a choice between um, he and Josh Lynn about who's playing uh, at the halfback role, and maybe uh, Arthur would return to the fullback role. I'm not too sure, but um, anyway, it's we're seeing that transition of youth. Like I'm, we're talking about like really young players coming into the graded ranks because uh, we're not just talking about 19-year-olds in there, but we're also talking about 18-year-olds in that team Mm. who were, you know, first year in the SG ball this season and then going straight into um, the Jersey flag team. Uh, How will they perform this week against Manly? Well, they're similarly performing teams, aren't they? Yep. And I guess... I, I. you know, that unknown is in this grade is really the completion rates on a given week. Now, that's probably the case no matter what level of football that you're playing. But 
where where we've seen these matches where the Eels have not been able to get the win, it, it's very much come back to those errors that have just taken away all momentum or prevented them from um, finishing off a, a, a good... Uh, a good flow of play that seemed to be leading to points. So obviously the co- coach Brennan will be looking for them to get to their kick through the game. I mean, we, I think we mentioned the other night that when we were talking to Steve, a- Steve O'Day, who was the coach of the uh, successful SG ball team, he spoke to us about how the form came together in the latter half of the season really, really strongly but basically it was because the they were getting to those kicks where we were seeing Ethan Sanders' kicking game coming to the fore. And although they haven't got Ethan Sanders out there in this weekend, you, you still want to see them get to the kicking game, play then a bit of territory where the, you're not getting cheap possession, you're giving away cheap possession or territory to the opposition, and really work into the game. And it's basic rugby league, but what you what you tend to see in the lower grades is a lot of errors. They just don't, you know, even more so than what you see in NRL, and that's for obvious reasons. It's mm-hmm. a, a different standard player, different experience, but it's probably a, when you watch uh, the uh, Jersey flag football, it's probably the most frustrating part is, you know, you go complete the set. Complete the set. Get to the kick. Get to the kick. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. Um, so, I, look, mate. I, I'd like to think we're going to get a bounce back this week. Unfortunately, won't be on site to witness it, mate. Mm, oh, clashes with the New South Wales Cup, three o'clock PM, New Era Stadium. Eels hosting the Seagulls, which of course is smack bang uh, in uh, disharmony with the New South Wales Cup game, which is three o'clock PM, Combank Stadium. So, very, yeah, very frustrating. Exact. Exact same starting times. Yeah. Exact same starting times. Now, why? I mean, it must be a, a stadium decision as well to, that uh, they're not going to host three games on the same day. It's a pity that we couldn't have all three grades playing at Combank Stadium. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to be looking for the score updates coming through whilst we're watching New South Wales Cup out at Combank Stadium this week. And let's move on to the New South Wales Cup 60s where the 10th placed Eels, they're struggling a bit here, take on the 6th placed, let me get this right, Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles, uh, where Eels obviously hosting the game at Combank Stadium. We mentioned 3 o'clock p.m. kickoff. A couple of changes here for the Eels, one of a, a real question mark in terms of who and then a big name in. But we'll start at fullback Zach Sini. He retains his spot in the one. I don't think it was particularly great last week at the fullback spot, but it's not his natural position. Uh, but he's got Hayes Dunster and Chris Tupo on the flanks. Wonga Blake, 60s. He's finally back after, I believe he broke his collarbone or uh, something around that part uh, when he made his uh, when he got dropped back to cup the first week. But he's now back with Isaac Lumilumi also in the centres. Dan Keir, we spoke about it in the news podcast yesterday, but he's going to be in the halves with Jordan Rankin. Um, like I said, he's going to do everything he can. He'll, he'll be wholehearted about it, but the big man, hopefully he can surprise me because I don't think he's a 5 uh, in the front row, Jonte Jr. Beffen Mesa. Good to see the hyphen really locking in this position now. He's had a pretty good year despite the team struggles. Uh, he'll be in the front row of Kai Rodwell. Manny Lucas, the dummy half. In the back row, Jack Murchie. Jeremiah Messia, who bounces around the team. 
ends up on the edges this week. Tony Matteo, it looks like they're moving him into the middle properly now, sixes. That's a couple of weeks now where he's been at lock, either interchange or starting. So good to see if he can make that transition. Uh, on the interchange, speaking of debutants, Jacob Davis. Uh, he was 18th man against the Newcastle Knights, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, but now he gets his first look at Cup. Uh, we've got another new face in Robbie Graham. Got nothing on him, mate. Uh, I think he might be from the Wenty Feeder team, though. Jock Brazel continues to get a look in New South Wales Cup. Good to see. And Nico Apello rounds out the team. Uh, looking at the Sea Eagles or the Blacktown Worker Sea Eagles, uh, there's Clayton Farlolo. That's a former Real from way back. Uh, there's Latu Finu, one of the Finu boys. Joey Tramontana, Austin Diaz, Denzel Tanisi, Vaya Tapatautai. Uh, Brad Abbey's bounced around again. He's on Neil, but he's a former L player. And Ollie Clements. So a fair few uh, ex-Eels there as I want to see in this Blacktown Workers Seagulls outfit. Uh, but yeah, the Eels, can they bounce back this week, mate? Because they were humiliated. Like There's no other way of putting it against the Bulldogs last week. Look, what's your, what are, what's your honest expectations? Pretty low. Pretty low for this game. I don't think Manly's got a great team on paper. Um, but I dare say confidence is pretty low for our boys after what's happened the last couple of weeks, in particular that Bulldogs game. Uh, the back line is obviously better with Wunger in it, but you've still only got Wunger and Hayes as legit NRL guys, um, you know, across the one to five. Dan Keir, like I said, this isn't a knock on him. He's been a real full, you know, full-blooded, wholehearted player for us, but he's not a 5 eighth. Um, You know, and we've got Manny Luke and a rookie at Dummy Half and Jacob Davis. I'm keen to see how Davis goes. Uh, but if we're going to win, it feels like you're going to have a couple of forwards really dominate through the middle and then maybe give Wonga Blake some early ball to try and make a few moves because uh, I don't think we've got much else cooking in the team right now. Yeah, uh, Robbie Graham's back rower for Wenty been playing uh, Ron Massey Cup. So that sort of fits in with uh, Nika Apelu and, uh, and also uh, out on the wing, Chris Tupu. Uh, we've we've had um, other players from the Wenty uh, Ron Massey Cup team filling in for the Eels in New South Wales Cup this year. So uh, we've got that association still with Wenty. Uh, I think there's an association also with Cabramatta where we've had Jersey Flag players who aren't required uh, turn out for uh, Cabramatta. I know for certain that... Um, we had uh, Larry Muwanga Tutia playing for Cabramatta earlier this year when he wasn't required. So, um, yeah, look, I guess there's a little bit more in the way of players in position this week uh, in that we've got Wonga Blake in the centres. We haven't got a forward running around in the centres. Um, we have... Uh, look, I don't know how much experience Isaac Lumi Lumi had playing in the centres prior to his stint with the Eels. Uh, I've always regarded him as a winger. I don't know whether back to his days in uh, prior to joining the Melbourne Storm, whether he he played much in centre coming through the, uh, through the grades. Um, But, you know, like you're playing a back if we're playing a back rower in the in the halves as one of the playmakers it lets you know that our stocks are very very limited at the club right now um, yes we've got players that have come that are returning from injury 
But even at even if we had no players out with injury, by my reckoning, we've got twenty seven players of the uh, of the thirty in the um, uh, that are that are currently playing with the Eels that are on a an NRL contract. So I maintain that we've got two spots open and we've got a we've got a contractor player that we're not using um, in Mitrain. I don't think he's out injured. No, I could be wrong. Maybe he is, but, wrong. Mm, but either way, he's not available. Well, he hasn't appeared in any of the injury reports. Um, I haven't seen him at, running around at training for some time. Um, so I'm, I'm just assuming that uh, they've parted ways early with Mitch, and that he's um, he's probably um, he might he might remain on the contracted list for the rest of this season due to contractual status, all those sorts of things that he's. Uh, make sure he gets paid out, and all. but yeah, I mean it's he's that if if I'm sure if there was a long term injury that it would have appeared on the Eels injury list, given that he he is top uh, contracted a contracted player in the top thirty, and uh, we've we've now seen that um, uh, like even. Uh, Samuel Luizio, who's mostly been playing Jersey Fleek, he because he's injured, and he's a top contracted in the, to the top thirty. He was listed on the injury report this week. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, look, um, I'm I'm more confident that they will perform, uh, put up a, a, a better performance against the Sea Eagles than they would against the Bulldogs. I know that the Sea Eagles have climbed the ladder. And um, you know they're 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 playing some reasonable fo- football. That has to be said in doing so. But if we if I think back to the start of the year, it was uh, it was quite a tight match. Like the Eels had to come back to beat the uh, Sea Eagles at um, up at Blacktown, up at the Workers Club. Decent game of football. Late fight back from the Eels. Um, but Jake Arthur had a lot to do with that comeback as well. So, um, yeah, not sure what to not sure what to make of the of the options there. You mentioned the number of players that have got a, a link with the Eels. But can they do it? Who knows? Um, yeah, like I said, confidence it, is shot right now. They've had a string of tough results that culminated in that absolute massacre at the hands of the Bulldogs. Mm, yeah, yeah, they, um, they have to dig deep this week. Uh, really, really dig deep. They, I mean, obviously they've got to start so much better. Yeah, what were they down? Twenty-two points after fifteen minutes last yeah. week. Yeah, you know, I mean the the Bulldogs scored on their first set from memory. Yeah, they scored on the first couple of sets. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, uh, it, it I, wasn't. It wasn't great. We didn't touch the ball until like twelve minutes. I felt like. Yeah, and. You know what? The, uh, I've I've seen similar um, from them during this season, where they just ha- they just concede that string of tries, and then you think, oh, uh, you know, they come out of it and they seem to fight back a bit, and then you get another sequence of tries. Exactly it, yeah. It's been that when they've lost matches, it's it's been in a big way. So they're either they're either going to 
um, win on the back of uh, big effort plays or we're going to get towed up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what they can look forward to is that in a, in a week or two, the, the stock should be bolstered you know, a little bit because we're going to have more players available for the NRL. And as we talked about the other night, that will mean that there's selection headaches for BA about who he leaves out of the first grade team, which then means that the New South Wales Cup squad are the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. And uh, goodness knows they need to be the beneficiaries. Um, Hopefully they'll they'll be beneficiaries on both sides of the pipeline. The NRL guys coming back down and then the best of the flag guys coming up. So that, yeah, that would true, be ideal. True. Yeah. So, mate, um, before we move on to the NRL, is there a way, is there a world where you're tipping an Eels win in the New South Wales Cup? Look, it's not like Manly are a good team, so there's absolutely reason to think they can get it done. But, yeah, just... If they're going to get it done, it feels like it's going to be a real, you know, roll up your sleeves, ugly, gritty win. So I think they're capable of doing it, but that that loss against the Dogs, it's hard to get over that. You know, like some, you know, sometimes you see things bounce back from the big defeats, but sometimes it also just leads to more losses. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling it right now for our boys, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, it was such a shame too that they had the – the TV platform, TV game platform mm. in that performance against the Bulldogs and all that that simply showcased was that there's a, a bit of talent in the Bulldogs reserve grade team that uh, maybe they might be doing well to hold on to. Yeah, well, I've been impressed with young Jarrell Skelton when I've seen him a couple of times and he's buried on that depth chart out in the back line too. So, yeah, it, seems, it certainly seems like there's a few players that might be looking at options elsewhere at the end of the season. And just before we go on to the NRL team, the um, there's, of course, that news that um, Avarillo and Alamotti, that they've told them they can look around yeah, elsewhere. Alamotti's already been linked to the Cowboys, I believe, um, being caught uh, having a coffee with their recruitment team. Uh, but Avarillo is someone we're both pretty big fans of, and I wouldn't call him like an outrageous X-factor, but he's certainly got a little bit of X-factor to him with that ability to play multiple positions and some lightning quick speed. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to to invent pace out of nothing. Mm. You know, it's not like you can – it's it's not like it's a skill where you suddenly can – you know, you might be a, a, a six out of ten player and, you know, and then with a bit of work, you work your way up to be, towards being an eight or nine out of ten player in terms of performance. You're not going to get someone who's six out of ten on the pace – as far as pace is concerned, and then there's suddenly an eight or nine out of ten as, as far as pace, you're not gonna you're not gonna get that. I, I mean, we know that sprint coaches can get a little bit more out of players, but it's not that level of exponential development in your in your pace that is going to make that that much difference. So, um, if you can, if any club can find players who are out of the box when it comes to pace. You've got to look seriously at them. Yep. It's it, it's like you know, finding the likes of um of of a Josh Shadow Car, of, um, of of Saab over at um over at Manly, um oh the Hammer yeah um and uh, what's the what's the uh, winger's name? Khan Pereira. Yeah. Up at, 
up at um, up at the Titans. I mean, the, these these blokes that have got that that you know stand out from the crowd sort of pace. Gee, it'd be good to have have some of those, you know, at your disposal. At least, well, sorry, at least one of them at your disposal. I, I some and, and this isn't. I'm not putting a knock on Eels players in any way, shape, or form, but you could imagine some of the the half breaks that we've made this season where um, Hayes was struggling to keep up with the play. Imagine if you had someone like a, uh, like a Saab um, chasing through on those breaks. I mean, it, it's, it's like shut the gate. The, of course, um, there's always downsides to, uh, unless they're an absolutely elite player. I, look, I think we can put Josh Adokar comfortably in the elite class. Uh, some of those other players that we've mentioned, like Sub, they've got faults in their game, and you know sometimes you know, it's around the defence. So you know you you give with one hand, you got to take away with the other. But um, yeah, if if you've got someone like like uh, any of those players at the end of the back line, you're probably going to score more tries than um, than uh, without them. So uh, anyway. We move on to the NRL, mate. Yes, main event, 5.30pm out at Combank Stadium. Obviously, the main event in that double header at our home ground. Also, before we get into the team, we're a quick shout-out because it's going to be Old Boys Day. They're celebrating the uh, 40th anniversary of the three-peat. Uh, so the 83, obviously, completion of that 81, 82, 83, back-to-back-to-back uh, three-peat under Jack Gibson. Uh, with the Eels, obviously, you know, being the last team to do that. Pretty uh, important milestone to celebrate the 60s. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a partial old boys' day. It's just a reunion for that 1983 team. I think the the full old boys' day is uh, early August. I think it's about the fifth of August, something like that. Um, so it, this is a specific celebration of 40 years since the '83 uh, grand final team. So any player that has that participated in the 1983 season is going to be acknowledged and celebrated at the game on Saturday. Um, but it's it's being limited to that. So it's a partial old boys day. We've got we'll we'll have the we'll have the full um, old boys day with the blue and gold alliance uh, early August. Uh, that'll be something you and I will probably be involved with in terms of um, uh, grabbing a few chats with the players at the club. Um, Anyway, we'll 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 be bringing news on that as we get closer to the date. Yes, indeed. And obviously, in two of those three premierships in the free peat, Eels knocked over a certain club uh, that was their sister club in the inception times. Uh, Manly Warringah Seagulls, twenty-one eight and eighteen six. Brett Kenny man the match on both occasions. Six. He's a bit of a decent player right there. Uh, yeah, he, he went okay. He went all right. He went all right. <clears throat> but we are we get to the Eels, and this is a very interesting team list. We'll start with the Seagulls uh, first, but in terms of the Eels team list, I didn't realize this when I was doing Team List Tuesday, but in their actual sort of text right up for the Team 60s, they mentioned that Sean Lane is a bit of an outside chance of returning, apparently. He's been named on the extended bench, and they've said he's, an, he's a chance of returning from a hamstring injury, so that's one to watch. have to wait and see. Uh, but for Manly... They're also a bit depleted this week with no Tom Tabojevic, no Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, they're the only major outs. Got a few ins. Uh, we start at fullback with Ko Weeks. Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. Is there similar news about Aaron Woods? 
for the Manly Seagulls. You know, I noticed he's listed there. That, that would involve me having to go to manlyseagulls.com.au, and I'm not doing that, 60s. <laughs> I, will not, I will not sully my web browser with that. Mm. But, yeah, the Manly back line from 1 to 5, Weeks at fullback, then you got Saab, Toltau, Kula, Ruben Garrick, and Christian Tuopolotu. In the halves, Josh Schuster, uh, Josh Schuster partners Jake Arthur. Like we said in the news podcast, uh, almost a legendary bit of cosmic humour there uh, with Jake making his starting debut against the Eels. In the front row, Taniel Paseca, Lachlan Croker, Tafolfol, Sifley, or Toff Sifley, Sifley, sorry. Uh, back row, on the edges, Hamali Olakwadu and Samuel Afainu. Sean Kepi locks the forwards for them on the interchange. It's got a, real Western, it's got a bit of a Western Sydney feel. It, it does have a bit of a Western Sydney feel. That, that uh, what, Paseca comes from the Tigers... Uh, Toff Sipley is a warrior, I believe, but Olakwatu, Fainu, and Kepi, they're all Western Sydney boys. Uh, so, yes, Manly definitely got a, a Western Sydney flavour to their forward pack. Interchange, Carl Lawton, Josh Alloy, Ethan Bullamore. Another real mm-hmm. there, Josh Alloy. Yeah, Josh Alloy, Ethan Bullamore, Ben Condon. Extended roster, you already mentioned him, but Aaron Woods. Raymond uh, Tuomalo Vega, I think they got him from the Dragons. Then you got Morgan Harper, Gordon Chan Kam Tong, their young uh, junior dummy half prospect, and then Zach Fulton uh, for the Eels now, 60s. Uh, Quinton Gufferson will captain the team from fullback. An unchanged back one again, actually. They've had a nice bit of continuity for the last few weeks, which has probably tied into some of those results. Uh, but Mike Acevo, Will Penasini, Bowie Simonson, Sean Russell, they've all been in pretty good touch. Bowie Simonson in particular has been really good at left centre. In the halves, uh, well, Brad Arthur went for the literal biggest answer you could have got for uh, who's going to replace Mitchell Moses, Ryan Madison. Just uh, goes back to 2014 when it was a Holden Cup or was it Holden Cup still? Toyota Cup, NYC, whichever way you want to call it. Uh, NYC five eighth and halfback for the Eels. He's even bigger than he was back then. He's going to be in the halves with Dejan Arcee. Reagan Campbell Gillard will work with Offer Hickey Ogden to start the front row. Brendan Hands will be the lone dummy half as Josh Hodgson recovers from that neck injury. In the back row, Bryce Cartwright's on the right. Andrew Davy the left. Jermaine Hopgood will be the lock forward. Luca Moretti, Joe Ofengawi, Gawi, sorry, Matt Dury, and Makasi Makatoa round out a very good-looking bench, it must be said. Extended roster, Hayes Dunster, Jack Murchie, Kai Rodwell, Wonga Blake, Sean Lane, Chris Butler is the man with the whistle, Chris Sutton and Casey Badger are running the sidelines, Adam G is the video official. All right, 60s, talk to me. Do you like that team? Do you, uh, what, do you look at, what do you see looking at Manly's team? Uh, what have we got cooking in this game on Saturday? Uh, you've, you actually threw me with that news about Sean Lane. Yeah, I, I did not see it on Team List Tuesday, and I just went back to have a look at the Team List now to have more ready, and they have that in the write-up saying that he's a chance of playing. So I don't know if that's some real, you know, big brain mind game stuff from our media team, or if he is legitimately a chance, because if he is, that's a, a pretty huge in. Yeah, well, he, look, he's been... He's got the longest hamstrings probably in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so he would have been uh, going through uh, uh, quite a lot of uh, rehab when you when when we're considering those uh, the size of the the hamstrings. But you know, he didn't look too bad at, at training last week. So it's not necessarily a surprise. I know he's been busting a gut to get back out on the field. I've heard rumours around the club that he makes an absolute pest of himself when he's not playing. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, 
uh, he and he both he and Reg are guilty of that. Now the um, the the staff have managed to get Reg back out on the field, so the, the uh, his his level of painfulness has um, has been diminished. Uh, the next step, obviously, was to get Lane back out there, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's not outside the realms of possibility that they haven't trained as yet this week, as far as I'm aware. And and that's to be expected because they only played two days ago. Yeah, they're probably just going to have the one session probably. So it, it'll, yeah, it will probably be one session this week. So um, I guess all will be revealed either on the training track or um, in the, in the, the day before the match or the, the, or the match uh, match day itself. But yeah, so as I said, you caught me a little bit uh, unawares with that. Um, look, when it comes to this, to the teams, you you know, you do have both teams that are missing key players due to origin um, and also some injury as well. Uh, I'm looking at looking at them, and they, I guess, they match up reasonably well across the backs. Have the Seagulls got the edge in in the halves? Uh, maybe. Maybe, because uh, Jake Arthur's probably oh, got a little bit more experience yeah. at the seven. He's a, he's a proper out-and-out seven, and Josh Schuster is their first-choice marquee young star. So, you know, in terms of who's available, they've certainly got the better running of it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, now, I've I've always been a fan of these young forwards that are coming through with the Seagulls, but I don't want to under underestimate what our own pack can do. Even with key players out, there's a real strength in what we've been delivering through the middle, um, especially in probably the last month to six weeks on uh, in the competition. Even even allowing for the injuries that we've had, the the next player up has been getting the job done. You you can't really point a finger at anyone who's been called up to the NRL in the forwards and say, "Nah, they shouldn't have got their shot. Nah, they didn't deliver. They weren't they weren't good enough. Uh, BA can't rely on them. Like they've all basically done their job. All these players that have been called up in the last in, in the last six weeks maybe last eight weeks so if they perform the way they did once they got that hot potato stuff out of their system from the early part of last week once they got back into para footy into into trusting all the processes that they they know work they were far too good for the bulldogs mm-hmm. you'd like to think they're going to be far too good for the seagulls we can't afford a scenario that we had last time against the Seagulls where we gave them cheap points. Yeah. Constant turnovers in our own half, paving the way for them to just have free shots at our goal line. And, you know, we weren't quite in sync defensively at that point of the season. And it's no surprise that they piled on the points. And we did make a big rally and have a, you know, damn near make the comeback. But you can, we haven't got Mitchell Moses. We haven't got Dylan Brown. We haven't got the guys that can engineer big comebacks right now. So you got to, yeah. you know, you got to play this game close, and well, you don't have to play it close in terms of, you know, keeping their points in check. That's important. We can run away for this game, and I'm not going to be worried. That's fine. We can pile on the points if we want. Sure, go do that. 
Uh, but yeah, we can't we can't spot Manly two or three tries early in this game. No, it doesn't hurt at all that Manly's got the players out that are out. I'm, I'm you know, not going to... I can't shy away from that. Um, DCE, he's... Look, he's been... When when the Seagulls have, have performed well this season, he's been a big part of that. And he's... I guess he's become the, their leader that he should have always been, I think. Um, there's probably been seasons in the past where there's been question marks raised about him. But when it comes down to it, you're, you're talking about a, a bloke who's a Queensland origin regular. He's played for Australia. He's won some, uh, won plenty of games for the Seagulls where he's carried them on his back. He seems to have some good games against the Eels. I mean, likewise, I, I look at their lineup and I think, you know, Ruben Garrick always seems to play well when we play against the Seagulls. Josh Schuster, like <laughs> across any season, he's been as inconsistent as you get, but he finds he finds the right sort of form when he's played us. He certainly did at the start of the year. He pulled out those um, like that chip and chip and chase uh, try that he produced. He pulled that out of his ass, didn't he? I mean, it was like, um, and I think if I'm not. Am I correct in saying that after the, after the Seagulls beat us, that he was out of the team immediately after uh, that? Didn't he get put in the fat camp? I'm pretty certain. Yeah, yeah I think it was almost straight after that. Mm. Um, Lachlan Croker, I've actually got a lot of time for as a dummy half. I think he's vastly underrated. Yeah, he actually goes pretty good. Yeah. So, um, and you, yeah, you've just got that that mix of um, raw skill and athleticism with their forwards. They don't mind um, throwing out an offload. They've got a bit of... All of their forwards have got reasonable mobility and a bit of pace in them too. So they're... I think they're... They're a little bit... I, I, could I say they, they've got points of difference about them? I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's elements where... It feels like, you know, this player and this player and this player in their team all play very similarly. But I don't know that I'd make comparisons between them and the players that are in the Eels team, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, accordingly, I think those Manly forwards have errors in them. And... I'm not sure what level of resilience they have in them either because they're not really what I'd call seasoned players. So I think, again, if the Eels stick to para footy, if they can be better, and I keep harping on about it, but we need completions, I don't want to be relying on a kick from deep in our own half. Um, So when I say completions, I mean good completions. I don't mean where we're struggling uh, not just not just from the point of view of turning over cheap ball, but I'm talking about you know getting a good set, good solid set, getting up towards halfway if we're cutting it off our line, so that we we've got a kick coming from the at least from around the middle of the field, not from you know 30 meters out from our line. We when you've got a Mitch Moses in your team, you can you can be having kicks meters. from a, yeah yeah you can be kicking from your own 30 meter line. You're still going to get it into their quarter. You're not going to get that with the players that we've got there in the halves this week. You're not going to get 
Moses or Arcee kicking the ball for 60-odd metres. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, again, I think if we if we trust our process, if we just play good para footy without a, without even overplaying our hands in any in any way shape or form i think you can frustrate the seagulls this particular seagulls lineup lineup out of the game because they haven't got uh tommy turbo they haven't got um daily cherry evans and although i've got uh, you know such a strong regard for jake arthur and the fact that he will keep a steady ship I'm not too sure about the rest of their lineup. Yep. I think that's a pretty fair summation. Uh, mainly a potentially explosive attacking roster, uh, but also vulnerable to good football being played against them. No DCE to come and down. No Tom Tavojevic to maximise some of their opportunities. So they're very beatable. Uh, obviously, they can still put on the points against us, and that's why keeping them in check is going to be huge in this game. And like you said, controlling field position is going to be critical to Madison and RC and Hands and Gufferson because I think it's going to take all four combining to be the you know guys helping win field position and territory. Uh, but yeah, getting in the ball to the right position at the end of sets will be critical, you know. So we're not getting dominated in field position. But in saying yeah. in saying that, the Ford Pack sixties, Reg Ogden, uh, you got Moretti, Opengahi, and Makatoa, Hopgood. That's a, a pretty handy set of forwards. You know, no junior, no Lane potentially. I mean, if, if Lane's in, then I suppose Davey gets bumped from the starting team and then maybe he goes to the bench and Moretti drops out. But that'd be tough on Luca. Luca's been pretty good in his uh, last three games or two games, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, and you look at the that pack and you go, our unsung players... Offer Hickey Ogden, who can who could criticise the carries that he's been making in the last few weeks? Whenever he's been called up, as a matter of fact, Bryce Cartwright's playing the most consistent football of his career. Mm-hmm. He's and the try that he basically created out of nothing for Will Penasini last week. That was, you know, what that that wasn't even what you'd call old Bryce Cartwright. It was. Because it was, uh, it was just damn good rugby league, you know. Like he sold the dummy, got around um, the outside of the of the player down and got down the wing, and then got the pass back on the inside to Will Penasini. He, it, there was real footballing instinct about it, but it was like he didn't really overplay it. If that makes sense, like he didn't have to go to, he didn't have to do anything freakish. No. Or extraordinary in creating a try out of nothing. He created a try out of nothing out of out of simply really good rugby league instincts and execution. So he's been, you know, he's been quite the revelation this year. And um, and then when you're talking about um, the bench, and again another unsung player, Makahesi Makatoa. I, I thought he was really good last week. Mm-hmm. His his meters were excellent. He he brought energy when he came onto the field. Um, I guess the unknown for us in our pack is is Joe Offengawe, because we know that he's a quality footballer, but we've only seen a couple of minutes of him in in Parramatta gear. So uh, I, I guess we 
wait with bated breath to see what he's able to produce this week. Um, uh, look, if if Sean Lane isn't isn't a hundred percent or or really really close to hundred percent, I hope we don't. No, throw don't him rush out. him back. Exactly. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna temper more any any of those thoughts about him playing this week because. Um, yeah, there's part of me that doesn't want him to rush back a week early. I, I think we can beat Manly without needing to include him in the team mm-hmm. this week. So, um, mate, I think we're probably ready to predict. Predict, yes, mm-hmm. most indeed, most definitely. Um, so, what do you? What's your thoughts on the scoreline? We've um, we've been. I know, I know Mitchell Moses has been part of the team, obviously. So, that's a uh, Big qualifying factor, but we've been on a bit of a roll in our last three wins. Well, we were plus 22 against the Bulldogs, plus eight against the Cowboys, but that was probably a closer finish than the sort of our control of the game deserved to, to sort of warrant. Plus 20 against the Rabbitohs. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we'll hit double digits against Manly if we get the win here. So, I don't know. Maybe, uh, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll be a scrappy game. Maybe like 20 to 12 or something like that. Okay, well, I'm going to go for. Uh, I, I think we're going to head towards um, 40 total match points, maybe a little bit above. I think the Eels 28 to 14 winners well, there. We're averaging about 25 points a game. We've got the best per game offense right now in the NRL. I think uh, the the Sharks have Sharks, Rabbitohs. One of those teams has more points than us, but they've played an extra game, and we're just behind them. So our per game average is very good. So, so playing around that number is not a bad idea, even without Moses. Um, and just uh, as an aside, are you putting that down to the influence of Trent Barrett? Yeah, I think I think it took us a little bit. I mean, I say a little bit of time. We're still posting points in the uh, early weeks, but there is now a fluency, I think, in our attack. That's pretty crisp. And I think Trent's done a very good job there. Yeah. Now, it's, it's interesting because they're – You've got two coaches there who are focusing on attack. You've got Murph and you've got Trent Barrett. And I think uh, from memory, uh, we had uh, Murph doing, uh, might have been looking at transitions between structured and unstructured play. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Trent Barrett, was he looking after the unstructured or the structured? Um, he's definitely looking at, at structured play um, during the preseason, and um, and I know that what they were looking at as well was um, being as up up tempo as possible when um, when opportunities were presenting, and and there was a little bit of unstructured opportunities there to attack. So, look, I, I think there's a I think um, Baz and Murph have combined really well with sorting out the Eels' attack there. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see where they've come from in the preseason and some of the things that they were working on in that regard and how it's now manifesting in the Eels' performance. It was, um, you know, you're probably going to find that there's supporters out there who are highly critical of the Eels' attack without realizing that the Eels have scored more points per game than any other team. Yeah, yeah, they're, um, <laughs> they're, they're doing it very well right now. So. And the, and probably I suppose the the cool thing is that we haven't seen him fully unlock everything yet. 
No, so. no. We we know that there's been games there where they've left points out there on the field, and it's it's been costly in some games as well. So um, there's no smugness, I don't think, about um, our thoughts on the Eels' attack. Um, in you know, in in us saying no, no, they're going better than what you think in terms of in terms of the attack. Yes, they are, but there's still plenty that they can work on there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be something like. Um, uh, twenty-eight, fourteen, something like that mm-hmm. to the uh, to the Eels. Make your uh, first try scorer. FTS. I mean, I know that Guffo's still on the team, so it's kind of hard to go past Mike Acevo. Um I think you know, just Arcee being that left edge half, playing down that side, finding Guffo on the sweep to find Sevo. I think Mike is the the common sense pick here. Yeah. Um... Gee, I was I'm I'm almost swayed by Gutho's form last week. No, I am swayed. I'll I'll tip Gutho as first try mm-hmm. scorer. He he's looked likely in many games this year to be first try scorer. He executed those those plays so well at the start of the game last week. He, was he the first three tries or or the first two? I, I know so. he got his hat trick. He got his hatty in twenty four minutes, and that was. Uh, first three, yeah, Bowie, Will, and Micah followed. Yeah, so I'll, I'll back him to, to follow it up with first try scorer this week. And best on field, mate. Best on field. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore the king. Um, he was so good last week, and you think he'll be stepping up this week. And you just know in games like this, he's going to make a couple of defensive plays that'll probably save the day. So I'll, I'll keep it simple. Clinton Gufferson. I'm going to go for Reg in this one. I think the big man's going to have a a really big say in what happens through the middle. Winning through the middle is going to be how the Eels win this match. So, yeah, it's Reg for me for best on field. So, and I think we've basically covered all we need to for this week. Uh, Just again, another thank you to our sponsors Big Swing Golf at North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellan and Parramatta. And of course, I have to give another reminder that the home of the Eels, Parramatta Leagues Club, is the place where you will find us after the game this week as we present our Instant Reaction podcast live in Jack's Bar and Grill. Come up, have a drink, have a feed, uh, listen to some footy talk. It's it's the place to be after the game. The the club is doing a great job of, I guess, bringing that home match feel around the place. It is the home of the Eels. They, they're living it as the home of the Eels now. So uh, get there on Saturday after the match. Come and say good day to us. Mate, any final words from you about the game? No, I'm, I'm feeling it this week. I'm really looking forward to the NRL game and... Hopefully the Flegan Cup can turn their uh, tough runs around in recent weeks. Uh, but the NRL team, I think we're cooking. And even without Mitchell Moses and Junior Barlow, I think we're going to have a really good showing on the weekend. Well, let's keep it cooking and go, you mighty eels. <laughs>